When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But gee, Sandown's been playing beautifully since taking over all of the Saturday meetings from Caulfield. And Greg Groves joins us now from Sandown for a track update before tomorrow's card. G'day, Greg. Thanks for your time. Good morning, Gareth. Um, what are we expecting? It's a cold day in Melbourne today. So how do you think um, the track will be by the time we get ready for that first race tomorrow? Okay, so um, it's uh, we've rated it as a uh, soft five this morning. Um, and that's after 12 mil rain yesterday afternoon. So um, in the morning yesterday, we put on six millimetres of irrigation. So essentially, it's had 18 mil in the, in the last 24 hours. So um, soft five at the moment, but certainly on the improve. Just looking at the radar, um, there's a little bit of colour on it, but I think hopefully it'll go south of us. And if it does, um, uh, that's good news. So um, if we don't get any, any more rainfall, I'd reckon we'd be into the good four at some stage tomorrow. Where about, what about the rail? What's it doing tomorrow, mate? Right. Got the rail at three metres. Uh, we've moved it out three metres from the true position from where we were last week. Uh, it's covered basically all the wear and tear. It's a little bit of scuffing down the front straight, but uh, overall it's in, uh, in pretty good nick. You must be happy with the way that the track's playing since you've taken a little bit more responsibility with the MRC, with Caulfield um, going through its um, renovations there. And it's just, I think, as a punter anyway, it's just been absolute delight to have Metro and group racing at, at Sandown, especially on that hillside track. Yeah, it's, uh, it's performing really quite well. And uh, um, it's a bit of, there's a bit of information around at the moment about the, uh, the average starting price um, for winners. And it's uh, yeah. just around the, the $5 mark. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, I think it's a good, uh, a good track if, um, if people do the form and, uh, and, the, and the right horses win. So it's going quite well. So good four, rail three metres. Is there any wind conditions that we should take into consideration tomorrow predicted? Well, there's talking 25 kilometre an hour southwesterlies, but uh, also saying that it's going to decrease during the afternoon. So it's a little bit up in the air at the moment. But um, if it's, you know, if it's 15 to 20 uh, K, I don't think it's that, that drastic. Yeah, mate, we'll keep a close eye on that. Good on you, Greg. Good luck tomorrow. Okay, thanks, Gareth. So there's Greg Groves with an update there at Sandown for their meeting on a Saturday afternoon. Thanks to thebeatenfavourite.com. Nicholas Ashburn joins us now to go through his plays there at Sandown. G'day, Nicholas. G'day, G. How are you? Good, thank you. How's the beaten favourite been this week? <laughs> it's been a good way. We've capped off a good uh, profitable January, which is good to, uh, good to start off. Uh, we'll see if we can hold that form into, Jan- into February, mate. But uh, the Carnival horses are back. Saw Jack and O win first up last um, last Thursday, of course, at Sandown, running the best last 400 and 200 of the meeting. And you just got that real carnival sort of smell in the air now, isn't it? We, we've been having a little bit of a, a debate on SEN throughout our platforms in the afternoon, of course, here on Giddy Up on, with, our, with our morning program. Mm-hmm. Um, what about, and we've been debating about the horses that we think will be the best horses in the country or the top three horses after the carnival. Um, who do you think will be maybe in the top two or three in your eyes? This is a Gee, question without notice. I apologise. Yeah. <laughs> that's all right. You've caught me right off guard there. Um, well, look, I mean, 
the two-year-old range, not that they'll be the best horses in the land, but there's a bit to play out there. As far as the three-year-old goes, well, Aft Cabin or Aft Cabin uh, is a horse that we're all sort of really looking forward to seeing back at the races. We'll know where he's at on Saturday. I, I, look, I suppose Animo is always going to be up there, isn't he? Zark is coming back. I'm really keen to see this El Bodegon, who's obviously now in the care of Chris Waller. He ran third in the Cox Plate. Uh, it was his only start. And I just feel like that was a pretty good performance in your Australian debut. He's probably not that used to those tight turning tracks like he got at the Valley. So I'm, I'm keen to see what he does on a bigger track. He's only a small horse, and so you'd think he gets around the Valley okay, but it doesn't always work out that way. So he's one for mine to keep a, to keep a real eye on. And outside of him, you know, just the obvious, uh, the likes of I'm Thunderstruck and so forth. So I'll play with a straight bat and say, keen to see El Bodegon. Uh, but uh, the usual suspects of Animo and whatnot will be uh, right at the forefront, no doubt. I think it's going to be an exciting slash summer slash autumn carnival coming up, and then we head to Brisbane, and uh, being in New Zealand there at the start of the week, some of their biggest stars are, are already planning out a campaign to getting uh, to Brisbane for their winter carnival. So um, mm. it's going to be a terrific first half of the year, I think, when it comes to the thoroughbred game, but we need some winners, more importantly, tomorrow at Sandown. So what are we doing, Nicholas? <clears throat> Well, we'll skip forward to race four. Um, number five here, Bill Mia. Now, I'm not suggesting you, you dive into the 370 or whatever it is currently on offer. I think she'll just get out of fraction. She's first up at the 1,300 metres. C. Williams jumps in the saddle. She gets the winkers on for the first time. What she did in her debut prep suggested that she was well above average, this daughter of Bella Spree. She's in the care of Jamie Edwards. So the market normally doesn't smash his horses on a Saturday afternoon in a metro track. He's a fantastic trainer, but he's probably best known outside of the metro areas. Uh, so I'm expecting this filly to get upwards of $4 at some point in betting, and that's when I want to play it. Mark the 375. Her win first up on debut had Geelong was scintillating. You've got to go and watch the replay of it. She produced the best last 1,800, 600, 400, 200 of the entire meeting. And if you watch the replay, you'll know exactly why. She went straight from 1,100 metres on debut to 1,400 metres second up on the lakeside track and was not disgraced beating uh, three quarters of a length there in reasonable time as well and rounded out her debut prep with uh, a fourth placing and a good fourth placing behind Vienna Princess in the listed Twilight Glow Stakes. She's definitely above average. She's a stakes-class filly, and it wouldn't surprise me to see her win this race first up, the benchmark 78. Mate, after that, I'm going to jump straight to the next race. That's um, race five. Euro Dandy's going really well at present. This preparation hasn't missed a top three spot in all four runs. And last time out at the Valley was pretty good there behind Ima Shelby uh, with a narrow third. It was a bit of a pat finish there, but in the benchmark 70, I thought she was pretty good. I think she turns up in a pretty similar race here on Saturday. And just at that 5.50 quote, she's an each-way bet to nothing. I don't think she'll miss a top three spot and she'll continue that uh, good run. So a couple of mares to start us there. And then I'm going to take us, Gareth, to a, a polarising horse. Race six, number 11, Fujita San. Um, he promised the world and has really yet to deliver. His first two runs of his career were scintillating, one at the Valley uh, behind Zambagini, where they ran electric time there, and they put a massive margin back to the third horse. Then he goes to Sandown, I think on the hillside track, and absolutely spanked them, and then uh, goes for a spell, comes back, runs that funny fourth first up on a bog track, and his prep after that never really looked like sort of, you know, going on with it. But he looks like he's jumped out okay. And I just feel like he's got to be winning this race. The 1,300-metre benchmark 84 first up 
if he's ever going to get back into a stakes race. I don't know if you agree with that sentiment, yes. but he's promised a fair bit. I think he's got to deliver something on Saturday. Would you agree? Yes, I totally agree with you, Nicholas. And Dream Thoroughbreds, of course, great horses, great trainers, great people, great fun. Um, help us with, um, of course, giddy up and uh, on a Friday morning. And we've got a, a grab from Wayne Hawks talking about Fachita Sand for you. So this is what the trainer had to say. One of the co-trainers about a horse that you like on a Saturday there at Sandown. Yeah, it went super. Obviously, last time, um, you know, we headed towards the bigger races. But once again, we've just tried to come back and peel it back a bit and get his uh, confidence back in order. And his jump out was super. Um, hit the line great and... Lovely starting point, big track, one there before, and obviously the 1300 is going to really suit. So he's uh, he's hopefully in for a nice preparation, but once again, just peeling it back. Yeah, it's a good enough push from Wayne Hawks, I think, for your top selection there for Jedi Sand. Yeah, it sounded like uh, Michael Hawks. Yeah, sorry, it was Michael Hawks. How, how dare I get yeah. that wrong? So he won't be happy you've called him Wayne. Hello, no. if you're listening. Yes, uh, he'll be listening. So- that's exactly what you want to hear. They're going for that confidence booster, which is what the horse needs. He, he had such a, uh, a disappointing preparation last campaign, but to be fair, he got off on the wrong note and just never really gelled other than one run where he looked okay. Um, I'm glad. I'm, that's what I wanted to hear. That's exactly what you want to hear from a trainer with a horse that's been a bit out of form. Stripping back, taking back in grade, try and give him a kill, boost the confidence and see what's in the tank. So I'm happy with that, mate. Hey, uh, race eight's a good race, isn't it? Detonator Jack. Yes. Is your favourite. Um, that 2 sort of 25, 230 looks a bit skinny from Barry 11. He's going to have to go back to the tail of the field. I think right you are. Should be a bit shorter than $5. Uh, dropped sharply in weight off a last start victory that rated well. He's got to come back a couple of hundred metres in trip, which I suppose is a small query, but I'll back my Eustace to have him ride on the day. He's going to be sort of two to four lengths ahead of Detonator Jack at the 600 metre mark. He might even be further, depending on how quick they go. His race fit. He's got the numbers to match it with Jack, and he's got the map advantage as well. So I've got to be with him. Obviously, Ride and Rose has uh, found the winner's circle again last time out in an easier race, but drops in weight and has a chance. Bill Toro was good last time out, but he can often put in a good run and then a couple of stinkers. And Don't Doubt Dory's an interesting run. Uh, he's got a really good fresh record, Gareth. And if you go and have a look at the first up run where he was tailed off last, and then look at the sectionals where they crawled in the race, you think to yourself... Geez, it was barely a barrier trial, that first up run. And he's he's probably going to present to the races on Saturday in similar order to how he does when he's first up normally. So that great fresh record he's got, he might be a sneaky chance there at 41 bucks, mate. I like the value that you're finding for us as well, Nicholas, from the beaten favourite. So the four horses that we're playing, race four, number five, Belmere. Geez, Chris Calthorpe's found a, a couple of extra lengths, hasn't he, of late? He's just flying yeah. at the moment, the boy that flies the horses, Chrissy Calthorpe from Geelong. Um, yeah, hero dead. What's his strike yep. rate? I'd love to see that over the last three to four months compared to, say, last year. His strike over the last three to four months, question without notice, I'll have to pull it up for you, mate. But uh, he's, um, he's, he's got, what was that good feeling he had last year that went to the Oaks? Yeah, she won the Oaks. I don't think she's with him anymore. Um Media Award. You've won them. Media you've won award, plenty of those over your wonderful, illustrious career in this game, uh, Media <laughs> Awards. But she was a really good filly. She was a very good filly. So he, Chris knows how to knows how to get them right. And look, I'm, I'm sure 
I'll have to get that stat for you another time, G, but I'm sure that he'll have Euro Dandy. She's flying. He's flying at present this campaign. He hasn't missed the top three spot. I just think he's an each-way bet to nothing. Just one more for you, mate. Yes. In the last, there's a mare for Mike Maroney. So you see, I think most people know she's got a above-average ability. She was good last time out uh, at Sandown. She is a month between runs, so I just want to see what the market does with her. I've got a mark $4.00. Uh, and happy to just wait, though, late in the piece and make sure the market's there and that she doesn't need this run to bring her on for her next run. In that same race, Timor for Chris Waller uh, is a $23 pop. Came out of the Bel Toro race, which was a high-rating race, and that was his first run for sort of about seven, seven months. So I'm expecting him to improve his stack, whether or not he's got enough improvement to win. I don't know, but $23 to find out seems pretty fair, mate. So what would be your very best on the program then at Sandown? Well, the very best for me, oh, look, I'd probably say, um, oh, I'd say Euro Dandy each way. I just think yeah. he's racing really well. But my best all day, mate, is actually up at Eagle Farm, race five, number two, buying time. I've marked the horse even money. You can get 250 in early markets. I'm not sure what he is right now, actually. But uh, he ran really good time first up at Durban. I think he's borderline a stakes horse, like in the right stakes race, and you're getting in here in a class three. You can get around $2.25 with bet three six five for buying time there at Eagle Farm Race 5, horse number two. Have a wonderful weekend. The beaten favourite keeps on dominating Nicholas Ashman. We appreciate your time here to kick off proceedings, as always, on a Friday on a Giddy Up, and um, we'll catch up with you next week, mate. Good on you, Gareth. Good funny, mate. There's Nicholas Ashman. So recapping his best there at Sandown, race four, number five, Belmia. Race five, number five, Euro um, Sands. Then we go to race six, number 11, for Cheetah Sand. Right you are, race eight, number six, also given a good chance from Nicholas Ashman. And in that final event, race nine, um, so you see, does look tough to beat in that last event. Horse number nine, of course, for Mike Moroni. And uh, Jamie Mott. So hopefully it's a big fill-up day for Nicholas Ashman there on a Saturday Euro Dandy, I should say. Race five, number five there for Chris Calthorpe. Dream thoroughbreds, great horses, great trainers, great people, great fun. Get involved and live the dream with us.